0: Welcome back to after the battle on half the battle. This is something we haven't done in a while. So it's—I mean—I couldn't think of a better event to to bring back after the battle than this. And Sean O'Malley just went out there, face planet Aljamain Sterling stuffed all the takedowns, and finally we got an exciting champion. And bantamweight is great again. So this is a very good moment for the sport, man. And Listen, I know that, you know, we've been or I've been very, you know, harsh and opinionated on, on Aljo for a very long time. And I think for good reason. But at the same time, don't let that confuse you. I, I've always respected um, his ability. Like there was a reason we didn't want him to take um, Sean O'Malley's back. And we didn't want, you know, there were certain positions we didn't want O'Malley to be in or anybody that fights that fights. um uh, you know, Sterling for that matter, but man, Sean O'Malley going out there and stuffing the takedowns—you just love to see it. And uh yeah, this is great. This is this is great, man. I mean, because now we have a superstar as the champion, a guy that's got like what three million followers on Instagram, and people are going to give a shit again. I know. Like, did you hear Boston booing Aljo out the building? Fuck you, Aljo! Like that's what. That's what, that's what they were shouting, man. It's crazy, you know? Uh, And, and I heard all these people talking about how, well, how come, how come the UFC isn't promoting, isn't promoting Aljo? And, uh, you know, they, they see the thumbnails for the, for the embedded and it's all pictures of Sean. Let me ask you something. If you run a billion dollar company and you have a champion that's been a champion for over a year now, he's got less than a million followers you got this other guy who's never even fought for the belt. He's got 3 million followers, a very exciting fighting style. Everybody wants to watch him fight. Uh, who, who are you going to promote? Who's going to bring more eyes? Who's going to uh, bring more pay-per-view buys? Duds, Sean O'Malley. So now him winning the belt, it couldn't be a better outcome. But as far as the fight was you know, concerned, I mean, look, the first round, I actually thought Aljamain did some smart stuff because we know that Sean O'Malley has had issues, you know, with, I guess you could say with his legs, whether it was the tough fight where he kind of broke his leg, you know, throwing a head kick, and then he took kind of a weird step back or the Cheeto Vera fight when, you know, that nerve got hit. And um yeah, so the only times we've seen Sean O'Malley kind of have any kind of adversity was due to leg kicks. And Aljo is actually coming out there and leg kicking uh, Sean O'Malley. So I thought it was pretty smart but he didn't really shoot any takedowns until the second round, maybe maybe kind of the end of the first round. Um, and one way you could look at it is when you heard me break down the show, I said there's two paths to victory for O'Malley, an early knockout or he's got to go through some shit, you know, weather that body triangle storm and then get it to the championship rounds where you all saw in the T.J. Dillashaw, excuse me, not the T.J. Dillashaw fight, in the Henry Cejudo and the second Peter Yan fight, where you know those weight cuts take their toll on Algermaine and he starts shooting those takedowns from a mile out. He's completely gassed in the championship rounds. Uh, so maybe uh Sterling was kind of trying to ease into the fight and preserve that gas tank and not just go all out because going for all those takedowns, it tires you out, man. It is very exhausting to wrestle consistently, especially at the pace that Algermain does. So Algernon. Did the smart thing. He was trying to kick those legs of O'Malley, take his base away from him, and then eventually transition to the takedowns. But, man, let me tell you what. When he got O'Malley up against the fence, O'Malley had a nice wide base. O'Malley was swimming for those underhooks. O'Malley disengaged. And uh, when it was time, O'Malley countered him with a beautiful pull right-hand counter and face-planted him. And people talking about early stoppage. I just went back and re-watched it again. I think i counted like 15 to 20 unanswered strikes early stoppage my ass like did you all see uh sterling pop up and complain early stoppage no because he i mean he was done (laughs) that fight was over man like if you would have let it continue then the guy would have went unconscious i mean why let him take that kind of damage so that fight was over with man and man, it is good to see sean o'malley as the champion you know and i'm not saying that he's going to be a long-reigning champion because you got guys like umar uh you got sanhagen but you know people are crying about well why is he fighting cheeto next with all these other guys well apparently uh sanhagen tore his tricep umar had to pull out the sanhagen fight he's injured marab just had surgery he's injured so who else is going to fight him plus o'malley and cheeto is a big rematch these guys have fought before um it's the only loss of o'malley's career you know some of y'all thought peter lost excuse me that peter beat him but officially peter did not beat him so you know it's one of those things the only guy to officially beat him is cheeto so this is going to be a big fight cheeto got a big win tonight so yeah um i'm i'm going to talk about this whole card i'm also down to talk with y'all in person so i'm posting the link to join me on this stream And, you know, I'm down to talk for a couple minutes to each person, see what y'all got to say, share my thoughts. Um, And first up, we got Steve P. Betts. Uh, I've never met Steve before. This is our first time talking. Steve, nice to meet you, man. What did you think about uh, what went down tonight?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, it was awesome. I'm like you. I I was never a big Eljo fan. Um, And, you know, it was so funny to me that everyone – was calling him a fraud this time two years ago, and now he's the White GOAT heading into this fight? You know, it just didn't make sense to me. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I saw you tweet, like, Aljo's uh, getting ready to pull a stunt. Like, what made you say that? Because I thought the same thing. It just – and, well, yeah, answer that first.
0: Well, I'm glad you asked. That's a great question. I mean, it's because – you just saw at the press conference he was just trying too hard he's getting too loud the fans start booing and um you could tell that it was really getting to him and you could just see the pressure of the moment he's doing all this talking and o'malley is just looking stone cold like a killer man so it was one of those things where i mean it just reminded me like you know kind of a more high level version of when jay perrin fought rosa's uh jay perrin is like the the gold standard of a stunt you know al obviously obviously a champion and, and a lot more professional but he was just acting uncharacteristic like aljo you're not a shit talker man like like that's yeah. just not your style you are not a good shit talker he was getting emotional and then back to your other point about how he won the belt and people People calling him a bantamweight goat. Like, people are so quick to call people the the goat uh, of a weight class. And, you know, I I still go back to my original points about how, like, when you win the belt via DQ, now, of course, Peter Yan made a fucking mistake. Like, let's not even, like, like, it's not Aljo's fault that Peter Yan did that. But, like, when you talk about the BMFs, and that's been, a big you know top talking point for me lately and just like you know yeah. two weeks ago we had the bmf card um you know all the bullshit with steven wonderboy turning down the Pereira fight and then you found out tonight that he was the first guy that got offered the ian gary fight right it wasn't Magny, it was steven thompson uh, and you know you know ian's a guy that's gonna make weight if making weights the big issue ian's gonna make weight if if Uh, not fighting a grappler is the big issue. Ian's going to stand with you. So what's the excuse now, right? So when you talk about the real BMFs, they don't do Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like, would Alex Pereira ever, you know, put on an acting job? Would Justin Gaethje ever put on an acting job? Jamal Hill? So just winning the belt like that, already is kind of like listen we like you heard me and cody talking about it on the show where it's like okay well it's a huge swing in your purse so we get it like now you're gonna get pay-per-view points and plus he wasn't gonna come back and win that fight so yeah. in terms of a financial decision he did the right thing but you know a, a, as a warrior we just kind of you know kind of look down upon it and then you looked at his subsequent fights the the second peter yen fight i mean listen, man, he won the second and third round, but the first, fourth, and fifth, I mean, look, when you're squeaking by these split decisions, the TJ fight, it's not his fault TJ was injured, but, like, you know, you fought a 39- or, or whatever-year-old with one arm, and then the next fight uh, against Cejudo, dude coming off a three-year layoff, a five-foot-four midget former flyweight, and it's a split decision, too. It's like, how can you call that guy the GOAT? It's not the kind of dominance that GOATs do.
1: No, exactly. And, I mean, I I bet O'Malley – and like I said, like, I was a little nervous just because it seemed like, you know, the path to victory for Aljo was, you know, take him down, backpack him. But, you know, exactly what I thought could happen is what happened. But it was funny because I have rewatched it, and, man, I don't know. Like, Aljo, like, braces for that hit, and he went down. I'm not saying he took a dive, but it it seemed a little fishy when I watched it in slow motion. And then he's clapping – You know, for the guy he just talked shit on, you know, when uh, they, you know, announced O'Malley the winner, it was just weird. The whole thing was kind of weird. And it goes back to what you said in the beginning about, I mean, you know, and we've seen some awful decisions. Like, um, you know, last week with, um, what's his name, Uh, Hakeem Dynamo, whatever, like he was like minus a thousand on the fucking live line and he lost like, I don't know. I was very confident that if this fight was close and it went to the judges, just like that yawn fight, you know, o- O'Malley was going to win. So it was really like, you know, can O'Malley avoid getting choked out here? But I don't know. It's great for the division, that's for sure. I like O'Malley a lot, um, but yeah, it was just kind of a weird. I don't know. I'm not saying that they could dive, but man, it, if you watch it in slow motion, it's kind of fishy. I'll say.
0: I mean I don't think he took a dive at all. I think no. he ate a clean counter right hand and yeah, he went man. he went face first into the canvas and the whole clapping thing is just good sportsmanship, you know? You got to give that, him credit. Uh, like yeah. when, I understand that they were talking all that shit, but yeah. you know, it's it's promoting the fight and when you get beat fair and square like that, like like okay, if Aljo lost a clear robbery then he would have not been clapping. He would have been like, what the fuck, man? Like, are you fucking yeah. kidding me, right? Like, you know, you see some dude storm out the octagon, like not even shake the guy's hand. But when you get beat fair and square like that, you face plant, then you eat 15 to 20 unanswered strikes. It's one of those things yeah. where no. uh, yeah. he, had, he had no choice but to be a good sport about it. So that was pretty much it. So, man, yeah. we, there's a lot of people in this lobby waiting for me. Anything? Any other comments regarding that fight or the rest of the card?
1: No, that's it, man. thanks for having me on and uh, absolutely yeah love the show and uh we'll uh tune
0: in next week. Amazing. thank you, man. I appreciate it. Nice to meet you, buddy you. all right that was uh Steve cool guy, so yeah, I mean, listen, I think the most surprising part was for a lot of people was that when Aljo did get in on those entries, he wasn't able to secure the takedown, so that's. Again, credit to that wide base of O'Malley, credit to him swimming for those underhooks, getting that separation and just going out there and doing exactly what he needed to do. He didn't take any unnecessary risks, any unnecessary risks in the early going. And uh, I actually, like I said earlier, I thought it was good on Aldo's part to kick those legs, but it was uncharacteristic of Aljo to not shoot a million takedowns like he normally does. Was he worried about gassing out? Was the range of O'Malley kind of, you know, too much for him? I don't know. Let's see what Chase has to say about it. What's up, Chase?
2: How's it going, Dan? Big fan.
0: I uh, appreciate that, man. Nice to meet you.
2: Yeah, it's awesome. That was a pretty good card. I think uh, that main event probably went about as good as the UFC. Could have hoped that went pretty much. Like I think Dana White has got to be uh, pretty happy with how that went.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, who wasn't happy with how that went besides Aljo's team?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so earlier in the week, I saw you talking about uh, Weidman and Weidman's status going in. Mm-hmm. I think he looked exactly how we all thought he'd look. What about you?
0: Yeah. Firstly, are you Canadian, by chance?
2: I'm very Canadian, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I can tell with the accent. Where Where in Canada are you from? I'm near Ottawa, Ontario. Okay, that's what's, that's what's up. I, I got a Senator's jersey when I was a kid. That's so awesome. I, I still have it. I still have it. But uh, as far as Weidman's concerned, because yeah, my only bet of the night was on Brad Tavares, and I and I'd been saying that for a long time. Like when Chris Weidman comes back, he will be faded. Just just on a matter of principle. And I got to give him a lot of credit, man. Like, he fucking went for it, man. Like, he was getting hurt all over the place. His legs, both legs were getting kicked out. He could barely walk. And, like, I actually think he rocked Tavares at times, man. Like, I was like, oh my God, Brad. Like, but all that being said, it was still a 30 27. It was just like one of the more, like, sweatier 30 27s that I had money on. But, you know, at, at the same time, Brad's takedown defense is so good. And when I went back and watched the tape, Um, so I watched, I only watched like four fights to get ready for that. I watched the two wins that, um, that Tavares had recently, you know, the Carlos Jr. one because Carlos Jr. attempted like nine takedowns. So I wanted to see, you know, what's, what's this dude's takedown defense looking like in this day and age historically speaking he's been known for good takedown defense but i just wanted to see um and man his balance has always been amazing he even got up from a sketchy situation against carlos jr and then against omari omari actually hit two takedowns on him and he held him down for like less than two seconds like tavares pops right back up so that's what i need to see um and the duplicity fight like man like he fucking won the first round, and even though he clearly lost the next two, he went toe-to-toe with the number one contender in the division. And he, and then you watch the Bruno Silva fight where I actually bet Bruno Silva at dog odds, and even though he got caught in that fight, and, man, he almost got caught against Weidman too, he was throwing hard against, against uh, Silva. And then you go and watch Chris Weidman against Omari, And Weidman did have success wrestling, but man, the first few shots he was shooting were from a mile out. It was looking ugly. And it looks like Chris's like confidence standing is completely done. So that's where I thought that, you know, Tavares was just going to be able to kind of light him up like he did. Uh, But man, Tavares didn't have as much success with the hands as I thought he did it was just all leg kicks which was very very smart on his part so yeah I mean I was happy with it despite a few sketchy situations along the way you know
2: yeah I was I was happy with how Tavares fought Uh, I got him at minus 275 I thought it was a decent line just because I was so sure that you just don't come back at 39 from a leg break like that. And honestly, like all respect in the world, to Weidman, like what a true champion, like to like, really like give no shits about that. What everyone's saying, like everyone's telling him to retire. And like, he's just like going through with it, doing what he wants to do. But yeah, no quitting that guy for sure.
0: Yeah. He's a, he's a dog, man. I mean, for 39 years old, been knocked out in what six of his last eight dropped in seven of his last eight, coming off the leg break and to, for me, weidman making it to the octagon was a victory in itself Um, definitely so you know all respect to him and honestly if he wants to take one more fight i I think he can it just you have to handpick the opponent right like if we if we pull up the roster let's pull up the roster right now
2: let's give him dumas give him cedric dumas are are
0: you are you sure he wins that
2: (laughs) Uh, uh he did look better his last fight you're right i know
0: um who's someone that like just cannot stuff a Dennis Talulin. Yeah, okay. See, Give now we're Dennis. talking. The only thing is if they stand, Dennis could knock him out and that yeah, would be that true. would be so bad. But like, man, could,
2: I, I think he could shoot from across the cage and put Dennis on his ass in five seconds.
0: Yeah, no, I, I like that idea. I think that it has to be like a Dennis Chulin, a Jamie Pickett. It's just it's just, like, with the kind of money Weidman's making. Like, you know, Weidman probably makes, like, a quarter mil to show or something yeah. like that. Like, uh, you you just can't put him in there with a guy like that. Like, Brad Tavares, yeah, he might not be, like, you know, a former champ, but he's still, like, a perennial top 15 guy, right? So, all right, let me pull up the rankings and see if anyone at the rankings is, like, towards the end of their career where, like, you can justify it. Uh, so, mm-hmm. right, so, right now at middleweight, let's see who they got. Let's start from number 15 and go down. So, number 15 is Andre Muniz. What do you think about that? You think, you think is that a bad matchup for Chris Weidman at this point?
2: Oh, uh, just if for Chris to have like his ideal fight where he's getting takedowns, I think that's just like super dangerous against Muniz. But I think it's a winnable, I think it's a more winnable fight than Tavares just because. Just I don't rate me I'm not high I'm not that high on Muniz knees at the moment but then again that could just be recency bias that's a tough one honestly to really what what about of. this
0: what about this I know this guy's actually ranked in the top 10, which is kind of crazy he's ranked number seven in the world but I think he's on his way out what about Derek Brunson is, but here's the th- here's the issue though yeah. Derek Brunson is very hard to take down so would Derek Brunson knock him out but Derek Brunson doesn't have the best chin either. So
2: that's that's, that's I, I didn't even thought about that like at all. yeah. I think I think that would be just be like a really bad fight for the viewers to watch yeah, <laughs> like I think I don't think that would be anything I'm interested in seeing at this point.
0: No, I got you. I mean, but at the same time, what you know, wide fight would you be interested at seeing at this time? It's more so about you know, fading, yeah, um just looking at at, at a gambling perspective, more than an entertainment perspective, right? But, yeah,
2: speaking of fade, though, I do think a Tavares fade, another one's coming very soon, though, after
0: that. 100%. 100%. Well, we and, faded him yeah. versus uh, Bruno. Um, it was just, you know, the Weidman fade was just a principle. It, it was what they call a system bet, right? Exactly. You, know, you just have to fade this man on principle. But, uh, Chase, you got anything, anything else for me?
2: No, I'll let someone else behind me get in here. Appreciate right, it, buddy. man.
0: Yeah, nice to meet you, man. And I nice appreciate the support. Awesome. Yes, sir. All uh, right, K. Dot. Normally, I don't let people without faces in here, but you said you'd love to speak on O'Malley. Do you not have a camera, my man? Yes,
3: sir. I'd like to speak on O'Malley real quick.
0: What's up? Oh
3: man, I was, I was, um, counting out Sugar Shane. I was definitely counting them out. The only thing that kept in my mind was, well, look what he did to Sandhagen. They got the same body type, same similar style, and that just what kept coming to my mind. Always, oh, he's just gonna take him down and destroy him. But um, I think the difference was O'Malley had the um, fortune of being prepared for that. He got to see that fight, and he was able to prepare for that. That blitz that he likes to do, he likes to come out real hot, um, push him against the cage. O'Malley did a good job of circling, staying off the cage, and just a perfect um, game plan. Perfect way to counter that that blitz, that pressure. He was just so prepared for that.
0: Yeah. Uh, you talking about O'Malley? Sorry, yeah. I, I misheard you.
3: Yeah, O'Malley. He was just prepared because he saw the way Sandhagen got dominated against a cage like that, and I feel I feel like he was um he took a page out of that book, just to how not to fight and how to be prepared to avoid that scenario.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, his footwork is on point. He was elusive. He wasn't, you know, backing up into the cage. The only time he got backed into the cage was at the very end of the first round, which I think probably swung the first round towards Aljo's favor. I actually didn't get a chance to see what the scorecard said, but I would assume that Aljo won the first round. But, man, um, Aljo, uh, he made one mistake standing, and that's all it takes with a guy like – like Sean, and as you saw, now Sean's the new champ.
3: Yep, that's all it takes. And um, yeah, he did. Aljo, they all gave him three rounds. They all yes. gave him the first round. All three judges. So, um, the thing I'd like to see is how <laughs> O'Malley does against Marab. How they how they match up because Marab's a different type of pressure. Like he's he's gonna come forward too, and he's got he leaves his chin up in the air. I mean, it's. I'm gonna pick against O'Malley again. I just think Marab would um do what S- Sterling couldn't. I don't know. I'd be like that's the, that's the fight to make. I don't know why they're talking about Cheeto
0: Vera. Morales, well, it's know. cause uh it's cause Mirab just had a surgery, he's gonna be out for a while. Oh, okay. That's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um it, it's gonna be a minute before we see Mirab. And and then Corey's out, Umar's out, so like all the top guys that people wanna see. Um, in terms of hardcore fans wanna see, right? Like they're all injured. So the Cheeto fight is gonna be a big, big fight. So that's that's the one. You got anything else for me, K Dot? That's it, man. Let's nice take my car, I'll leave it to it. All right, buddy. Take care. B Rip. B Rip. <laughs> What's up, B Rip? What's up, Dan? Um man, I'm a huge
4: fan of the show. Uh love all the breakdowns and everything. So, dude, keep up the great work with that. But um, so Uh dude and shout out to the three guys that were ahead of me, man. They all brought, you know, a great conversation to the game as well. I really actually enjoyed all three of those guys as well. Um, so, you know, kinda my question for you is so ever since I think it was Ian Gary fought Jordan Williams, um, and my dad, uh, who's kind of more of like a mainstream fan, um, I'm a bit on the more hardcore side. And my dad's I think it was uh yeah, the Jordan Williams fight and my you know, fucking Ian Gary obviously. Uh, fucking kicked his ass and my dad you know he's like anytime this ian gary's fighting you know call me and and tell me so you know people are talking about the uh it factor with sugar sean and i was kind of just curious your thoughts on the ian gary fight tonight and um the wrinkle i have to bring to the conversation is you know somebody like my dad who's more of a mainstream fan uh he's really hyped on ian gary And it's, you know, I know people kind of give him a hard time for the shit talk, the promos. You know, he kind of reiterates what guys have said in the past. But damn, man, the speed, the skill, the strike selection, the grappling, the takedowns. You know, he's a really well-rounded fighter. Obviously, the chin's a little bit of a concern. You know, even tonight, he's like chin up against Magny. But uh, man, even some like a more mainstream fan, like my father, is really hyped on Ian Gary, and it's not the shit talk. It's not the promos. It's kind of just the speed, the skill, and the performances he's putting on. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Ian Gary performance tonight. Dan, take it away.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, Ian Gary beat the shit out of Neil Magny, and people were talking about he couldn't even finish Neil Magny. Like, dude, trust me, if he wanted to finish Neil Magny, he would have finished him. He tortured Neil Magny. This is the first ever time where – Ian Gary wasn't friendly with his opponent where, you know, with with like D rod, like, you know, he was, he brought him pizza and weed the night before. Right. (laughs) Um, who, who else has Ian Gary been in there with, uh, who was, who would he fight prior to that? I don't even remember. Um, but basically, he's been friendly with, like, all these guys, right? Like, shaking their hands, doing the whole bit. This is the first guy that he talked shit to, the first guy that he didn't shake his hand. And I think he tortured the guy, man. I mean, I think he didn't like the comments that that Neil said. Neil, um, when I was on Twitter, people were, like, misreading what I said in terms of what Neil said. But Neil said something among the lines that, like... You know, I'm going to I'm going to whoop this guy like my kid or something. (laughs) And and like, you know, when you say something like that to a guy like Ian, Ian's going to take it and he's going to turn it into something to where he's going to make you look bad as a result. And and he knows how to get guys emotionally invested. Like when he found out that, um, you know, what's his name? Jeff Neal had a mugshot. He made the mugshot t-shirt and like all these people got all pissed about it but that's what ian gary wants he wants you to get emotionally invested and to fight uncharacteristic and um i don't know if we mentioned this but y- y'all know wonder boy turned down the ian gary fight right but uh yeah crazy right but uh i mean it's not that crazy when, when you think about it he's been turned down every fight but uh <laughs> no but back to this man sorry i like to joke around but uh i mean I thought that the calf kicks were going to be a huge approach because when you see these guys going out there and beating Neil Magny, how did Santiago Ponzinibbio beat him? He chopped him down with the calf kicks. Eventually, he went upstairs, face planted him in that fourth round. How did Lorenz Larkin do it? Same thing. Chopped him down with the calf kicks. And he has some disgusting elbows on him. And I think Ian Gary kind of wanted to play with his food. I think he wanted to torture him. And that's exactly what he did. He destroyed him. I've been on the Ian Gary uh, train as long as you have since day one. Uh, And even in that Jordan Williams fight, he did get tagged a bit because – One thing about being, you know, that tall man, that six foot three guy, he's got that tall man defense. So eventually someone will capitalize. I just don't think it's going to be any of these guys that he's fighting right now. I think it's going to happen, you know, once he like really rises the ranks. Um, But it's like when I think about it, like who's going to be the guy that's going to really capitalize on it? Because a lot of the top guys in that weight class are mostly wrestlers. So and as you saw, you know, not just tonight, but on Ian's regional fight. Uh, regional fights the guy can grapple too like he's not just a one-trick pony the guy is very well rounded and he's got like elite confidence too man like you can just tell he's got that swag he's got that it factor he's got that thing about him uh people are already hating on him for literally no reason at all um those are usually the guy and, and like back to sterling what was sterling saying in his promo sterling wasn't talking about how you know i'm I, i'm the best or i'm the this or i'm the that. Sterling was talking about O'Malley's been gifted everything. Uh the UFC has handed this man everything like he's never fought anybody. And when I hear people say that I'm like, so do you not consider yourself somebody cuz he's fighting you? So if he's never fought anybody, what does that make you, right? Like and he just fought Peter Yan prior who whooped your ass the first time. Yeah. You barely got by with a split decision the second time. He's also yeah. fought Chito Vera weird ending but he still fought chito vera he fought pedro munoz another weird ending but he still fought pedro munoz so when you're putting emphasis on oh he's only been in there with chris Moutinho and terry on where i mean that's just such an ignorant way to look at it because it's like yeah those are the guys that he fought you know at one point but he's also been in there at this point now with aljo who people not me but people were calling the bantamweight goat which is such disrespect to uh Dominic Cruz and let let me tell you something else you saw how John Anik was tweeting how uh how Aljamain's the bantamweight goat so when I was watching tape on the Chris Weidman fight because you know I bet Brad Tavares right guess what guess what John Anik said um go go pull up that Dominic Reyes versus Chris Weidman fight it's only like a minute 20 or whatever right during that fight John Anik says sitting next to me the bantamweight goat dominant Cruz. so so which one is it john you know what i mean because it's like is it is it because ray longo and no disrespect i love all these guys but i'm just let's just talk factually right are, are you now calling Joe the bantamweight goat because you, you know one of your podcast mates is his head coach right is, is that why you're calling him the bantamweight goat because you can't win a belt by dq and then you know barely get past these split decisions and being a goat conversation, man, like right. the only decisive win he's had. And again, it's not his fault that TJ was injured and that TJ is, you know, a million years old. But that's yeah. his only decisive win in his title um, reign. So to call him the Bantamweight Goat is just absolutely absurd in my eyes, man. Uh, Dominic Cruz is a guy who's won the belt multiple times in the UFC. Um, and we're talking about multiple years apart because you remember he had to take a few years off with his injury. He's a guy that won the belt in the WEC, which I consider the UFC because the uh, WEC merged into the UFC. It's the, it was the exact same weight class, right? Like right. There, was ne- there was never a bantamweight or featherweight division in the UFC until Jose Aldo and Dominic Cruz came into the UFC. So it was literally just the same weight class merging so i count those wec title defenses as ufc title defenses so to call Aljo the weight goat is just so categorically false and it's almost offensive to to dominant cruz and, and tonight you saw that you know against the guy like i, I saw people showing amateur clips of, of uh of sean o'malley losing a fight to some random dude back in the day it's like it's like the Alan Iverson quote. We're talking about practice now. Like amateurs don't <laughs> count. Who, who gives a fuck about amateurs? It's about where you're at right now. So people are just so wrong. Like he's never fought anybody. Jermaine Sterling, Peter Yan, Cheeto Vera, Pedro Muno- uh, Pedro Munoz. That that's nobody. Like, so now he knocked out the alleged GOAT, who I never thought was the goat. But I, I thought he was a, I thought he was a great fighter. I thought he was the champ. No questions asked. But to call Aljo the the Bantamweight goat. It, it just so categorically falls in my eyes.
4: Yeah, I agree. You know, it's disrespectful to Dominic for sure. You know what I mean? And I respect in uh like one of the reasons I love the show is, you know, I'm a history guy. I dude, full thing, I'm a history teacher. Fucking R.I.P. Cody Gibson and Al Jermaine, dude, the teacher <laughs> squad took the Elder night, But dude, the the um the historical knowledge you have of uh MMA really brings another wrinkle to your show that I really appreciate. Like you going back to the WEC days, harkening back to Dominic Cruz's dominance back then. And it's like, you know, Dominic Cruz really is the Bantamweight goat uh, until, you know, once again, you know, time goes on and maybe there'll be a new Bantamweight goat one day, but you know, you know, it's not Algermaine Sterling. So yeah, that was, uh, it kind of was disrespectful to Dominic. And um, it's like, do we forget history that quickly? You know, I remember Connor had a, had a kind of an interesting tweet one time and he was just like, you know, this cold, you know, game of recency. And it kind of feels like that sometimes, you know, recency bias takes over in this game. But Dan, thank you so much for having me on, man. Uh, It's always a pleasure. And you had me on once before uh, over a year ago. And I just recently showed my family, like I pulled it up. I went through the file of all the podcasts and they thought it was like the funniest thing ever. They're like, why didn't you show us sooner? So Dude, it's always a pleasure. I love how you interact with the fans. And, dude, the breakdowns, I never miss a single one, man. Keep up the great work. It's, dude, just such a pleasure to be on the show. And thank you so much, man.
0: Hey, thank you. Are you on Twitter by chance?
4: Dude, so I rebranded my thing as MMA Controversy recently.
0: Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember I I commented. I like that name.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, my thing is B-Rip, but I just uh, re-thinged as MMA Controversy. Um, I haven't... Uh, twitter account but you know there's no followers there's no nothing on it literally so it's completely blank man
0: <laughs> well uh, so so it's it's mma controversy that's what it is yes correct sir Yeah, follow this man at mma controversy man <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. man would, yeah and also uh if you get a chance dm me that clip of us talking uh, a while ago I, I don't even remember it because i've done like a million episodes but like i'd love to yeah. check that out
4: Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. You had a million episodes and you were having like, you know, four or five guys on back then, you know, per show. So, you know, I was just happy to hop on and say, you know, dude, I love the breakdowns, but yeah, man, I'll, dude, I'll definitely forge you the cliff because my family thought it was like the funniest fucking thing, dude. And, uh, yeah, man. So dude, just always a pleasure, Dan. Thank you so much. And, uh, man, I hope you see you at a UFC event, you know, personal one time, you know? you know, it'd be great to dap you up one time. So yeah. For
0: Sure. Where, where are you from?
4: Dude, I'm so dude, I'm a St. Louis guy, St. Louis, Missouri. So, you know, okay. I you know, I know you're all about your Atlanta guys. And goddamn Cody Dernan, man, I was on Charles Johnson. You know, he's a St. Louis guy and holy shit, man, dude. All the respect to Cody, man. It was just like, dude, that ass whipping was crazy. But yeah, man, I love all my St. Louis guys. Buckley, you know what I mean? Sean Woodson's on the come up. So like him as well. And obviously, you know, dude, I'll give respect to my guy, you know. Everybody cringes, but dude, I was a Tyron Woodley fan. You know, like that.
0: He was- won me some money back in the day. So, yeah, yeah. So you know,
4: he was one of the guys that kind of got me into MMA. Like my family was originally from Florissant Ferguson's kind of just like the next thing over. So you know, he was a guy that kind of you know was right across the way for us. So you know, Tyron Woodley was always a guy that I liked, but. You know, I understand the cringe, you know, the rap career. You know, I understand all the cringe, but, you know, he was a guy that I was. So I always stand up for my St. Louis guys. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Got you. I actually saw him win the Bell in Atlanta against Robbie.
4: Dude, absolutely. You know, like the crowning moment of his career, literally. I mean, you, uh, you know, I remember, like, you know, leading up to the Jake Paul fight, of course, you like, you show that knockout to all your friends, you're like, you know, you. you you see you're like you know here's what tyrant's gonna you know because you know i'm yeah. City, trying to hype up you know my guy Tyler, but we yeah, got sir. Dan.
0: <laughs> all right my man you take care buddy dude dan thank you so much see you later man thank you you got it man see ya armchair mma what's up bud
5: hey what's up dan can, can you, you hear me you? yeah okay, i can cool. hear you great cool cool um Hey, well, that last guy I was talking about you being like MMA historian. You remember back in the day when, uh, uh, Cody Gibson got a street fight it was taped on like YouTube or something like that.
0: Google me, bitch. <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> That's funny, dude. It kind of fighting again, kind of brought back, you know, just I've been watching this sport for a while. So it's kind of coming full circle or whatever. But, um, so I kind of just wanted to ask, uh, when I was like going into the, you know, just kind of thinking about the main event, um, I thought that Aljo was kind of going to be sticking more to like a, uh, a leg kick heavy game plan, kind of more clinch works. Like I, I know everyone was talking about backpacking and stuff like that. I thought really, you know, keep it boring. All you need to do is win three rounds out of five and, you know, just kind of more clinch control, stuff like that. Um, it seemed almost like he was kind of sticking to that plan late and, just kind of got a little defensively irresponsible. Left his hand down on there. Uh, do you think if they ran it back, it'd be a closer fight? Or sorry,
0: the Cody Gibson one?
5: Or no, I'm sorry, not Cody Gibson. Uh, the the main event, Aljamain Sterling. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, listen. You know, anytime that a fight gets ran back, it's going to be a different outcome every single right. time. Like, how many times have we seen it? Right. Like where you know, like Shogun and Machida were the first time's this five-round war, then the next time's a first-round finish.
5: Right, right. You know,
0: like Cowboy and Benson Henderson, they fought three times. First time, I think, Ben's, you know, first time was a five-round war, next time, Benson yep. guillotines him in the first round, and the third time, Cowboy wins a controversial decision.
5: Yeah, yeah.
0: Or like Showtime versus Cowboy, you know, first-time body kick knockout, next time, three-round decision. So, right. it, it's going to be a different outcome each time, but Historically speaking, when you're talking about title fights, the guy that won the first time wins the majority of the rematches because, like, especially when you talk about like long, Thanks, uh, somewhat like long reigning champions, Aljo wasn't that long of a reigning champ, but he still defended the belt three times, right? So, usually, when they come off that title loss they don't quite come back the same and Aljo, not that he's right. older or anything, but he is 34. I mean, that look, that's not old. I mean, Volk is like 35, but I'm just saying, you know, O'Malley is like really entering his prime. How old is O'Malley? Like 28, 29, something like it's that. Something
5: like that. Yeah. 30
0: yeah. At most. Right. Um, right. So there, there's this saying, I don't know if Teddy Atlas said it or someone said it about how, like when you win the belt, you level up like 30%. Right. Um, and then you take into consideration that now uh, Sean knows for a fact that he can not only knock this man out, he can stuff his takedowns. He can face plant him.
5: Um, well, he kind of has the mental warfare down already, too. So I, I can imagine going into it. Um, Al just seems a bit of a bit of a head case to me as well.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that he's been like that since day one. Like if you really Great. like day back like around the time uh when he fought Brian Caraway and I actually bet Caraway like plus 350 against Sterling yeah. and, and cashed. Um around that time, he actually I think he like asked to leave the UFC at one point and he had like this like big contract dispute with the UFC. And this is back when he was like first getting started and he was like a prelim fighter.
5: Um, right right So
0: that's why like he got off to a wrong foot with the ufc from the jump like he was right. someone that no one gave a shit about and he was you know talking shit to the hand that feeds him kind of kind of ordeal mm. right um so and plus his fighting style is just not the most exciting that's just the bo- like what's your favorite Aljamain sterling fight
5: oh man it's it's like which one gets me to sleep first, you know what I mean? I mean
0: it's the Marlon Moraes fight and the Sean O'Malley fight, right? Like right. Or, or the first right. Peter, right. Or, or the first Peter Yan fight. Like th- those are my favorite Algernon Sterling fights, right? right? Right. Maybe if you
5: like hate hate uh Corey Sanhagen, maybe you'd like that one. But well, true.
0: Like, look, you gotta give him credit, man. I mean, because he's done some things that other guys haven't been able to do. Like to submit right. Sanhagen like that. Um, even back in the day, he had a uh this fucking arm triangle from guard on bottom against a uh, takeya mizugaki he had this right. nasty guillotine against johnny eduardo like he's done some funky ass shit um it's just the reason i kind of was like on the fence about him is because he seemed like a front runner and that brian Caraway fight kind of exposed it like he takes brian Caraway's back that first round and then the second and third round he's got nothing left and then you look at his championship right. reign and, like, he comes out strong, but then, in, you know, fourth and fifth round against Cejudo and Yan, he's, he's diving for takedowns from a mile out. So, um, yeah, it's just, there's never been that complete, you know, start to finish performance from him.
5: Right. And that's that another reason why it's like, no, I don't think he needs to necessarily just take him down. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't need to burn all the energy, spam and takedowns first round because, I don't think he really is the type of guy to be able to sustain it. But I mean, I remember reading about Al Jermaine Sterling on like, I don't know, MMA main year or something like back in the day and like blue chip prospect right around like Pedro Munoz or something was coming in around that time. And I, like, I, I almost feel like he kind of like overreached where everyone thought he was going to be. But I, I, at the same time with him being older, Rob's, uh, his training partner, it might be kind of like time for him to pass a torch to him. Uh, I could see like Sean O'Malley being in the stepping stone, but I just feel like it's kind of hard for him to get back at this point. So I like, I don't, I don't know if he's even going to be able to get to a rematch.
0: Well, yeah, because he- prior to this fight he said win or lose i'm going up to 145 pounds and right now that, and i think he thought in his head you know i'm gonna snap the twig i'm gonna do all these things right so he thought for a fact that like he thought i know he thought i mean i'm not in the guy's head i'm assuming but i think he thought that he was just gonna take him down one time take his back and the fight was gonna be over shortly after so when Chano right. o'malley goes out there stuffs his takedowns i think it was a bit of a shock for him it was like oh fuck like what, like, what's going on here? Like, this is not going according to plan. And now it's like, well, if Sean's doing that to you, what's, what's Volk going to do to you? And even Sean said that at the press conference. Like, sh- this is even before the fight happened. Like, Sean was like, do you know what Volk would do to this guy? And I think all of us kind of know, all of us with brains know that, like, Volk would absolutely mop the floor with Aljamain Sterling. Like,
5: Volk might have, might
0: have lost the Islam fight on the scorecards, but Volk made such a good account of himself Um, Against uh, not only a better grappler than Aljo in Islam, but a much more physical, a much bigger guy, a guy in Islam who could possibly go up to 170 before his career is said and done. So for Volk to have that kind of showing against Islam, I don't think that Aljo has a snowflakes chance in hell uh, against uh, Volk. So Aljo is in an interesting spot in his career. But luckily for him, he's made his money. He's won his belts. And, you know, it's not like he's going to get a small fight next.
5: Right, well, I, you know, and I wrestled eighth grade, I wrestled one thirty two junior year, I wrestled one seventy one so I mean that's pretty big difference when you're talking about someone like uh Sterling and someone like Islam, you know if, if he can handle his own with Islam, i mean i stuff like Calvin cater, like I think that would i I think he would have a lot of problems against like a Calvin cater just being in his face the whole time. He might look good, you know, first round if he can get him down. I and mean, that's just saying that, you know, he transitions well as grappling goes well at 145. But, yeah, I don't I don't know if there's a lot of people at 145 that in a five-round fight, I wouldn't favor them to at least, like, you know, take a shot live betting him.
0: Yeah, no, I feel you. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out and, right. and see exactly, you know, what he does next. Um, I mean, if he sticks to his word... Then he's gonna go up to 45s next. But you know, yeah. I, I know for a fact he didn't think this was gonna happen. But I also know that they're gonna do the Cheeto fight. They ain't giving Aljo an immediate rematch. Like, um, he may have defended the belt three times, but he does not have the fighting style that people want to watch. Doesn't have the personality that anyone gives a fuck about. Um, and he just got knocked out. So he's gonna so he's gonna be on concussion protocol for a little bit. So I think uh yeah, we'll see what happens next. You got anything else for me?
5: Uh yeah, well, just, I'll just say um that i'm sure they probably will do the cheeto but it feels a little dirty for sandhagen right i mean he he's injured oh okay okay all right i didn't catch that
0: yeah yeah so 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 like i said sandhagen torn tricep he's out for a while rab just had surgery umar pulled out the sandhagen fight he's injured so right so so you that and then you mix in the fact that cheeto's the only guy to beat omalley that's the fight
5: sometimes stars align like that right exactly exactly Awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate you having me on, dude.
0: My pleasure, man. Good talking to you. For sure. You too. Hey, what's uh your Twitter?
5: Uh, I think it's um, MMA armchair. I mean, I, I kind of, I don't really post as much stuff. I kind of just, you know, I'll tweet someone in response more than anything, but I believe it's either armchair, MMA, or MMA armchair.
0: Got so. you. Got you. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, best of luck to you going forward, all right?
5: Yeah, for sure. You too, man.
0: Yes, sir. Take care. All right finesse the books mm. what, what a dope name what a dope name
6: what's up bro what's Good, bro. how you doing doing fucking awesome how are you doing man bro, i love fight night it's it's the most incredible thing ever um still up just great night of fights um how'd you how'd you do tonight good i only bet on brad tavares tonight okay yeah ww w. um yeah insane night of fights uh super interesting conversations um before me that i heard um yeah i mean so you were just talking about uh, Aljo, too. He just said at the press conference that he wants the immediate rematch, which is interesting, after saying he's going to go up to 45. So, yeah, just in, in, insane, insane. I, I know a lot of the, the main card is getting love, but uh, on the undercard, too, Natalia Silva is fucking incredible. Oh, my goodness. Um, she's going to be a problem, just absolute demolition. Um, but, yeah, I, I love Fight Night. In, incredible night of fights, incredible card. Um I can't wait to do it again. So where are you from, man? Um, so I'm actually around an A. I seen you tweeting uh, that your gym is close to here. I think I think we're pretty close. I'm originally from New York, but I, I live near Atlanta right now.
0: You're in Atlanta?
6: Yeah, bruh.
0: My man, where in
6: Atlanta. Uh, I live in Roswell right now. Like Roswell City or Roswell Road? Uh, Roswell, like the city is close to Roswell Road. OK, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, my gym's
0: off Roswell Road, Team Octopus. Yeah, yeah, I heard come train sometime oh, man
6: yeah. yeah i was gonna pull up you had like a open mat i was gonna pull up but i'm like i'm definitely not rolling with y'all so uh why not because uh, that's i gotta you know i gotta get in shape a little bit uh i know i'm gonna get crushed which is part of the game but uh you know i wasn't feeling it that day I Ain't wanna. Yeah, get
0: i feel you year, bro, bro but like you gotta think about it this way like we're not dicks you know what i'm saying like everybody oh, yeah everybody's super cool. We're not there to injure anybody. It's just, and honestly, like we want people, we want to help people get better. Right. Like, I mean, if someone shows up and they're a dick, then they're going to get put in their place. But like, if you you just come in there with like a good attitude, like everyone's like super cool about helping people get better. And, and man, the age ranges are like from teens to dudes in their fucking fifties, man, and all sizes. So there's like really like, everybody's cool man just try it out like no you don't have to pay anything just come in there and just take a class sometime you know
6: yeah I definitely I definitely should uh, I've been wanting to do it for a while um I know I know a couple boys a couple of my boys in New York do that so uh, it's been uh it's been on my mind for a minute but yeah um and say not a fight so so the main event what do you think about you know I was in the, I'm in the discord right and the, immediately after the finish uh people on both sides of the fence thinking early stoppage right stoppage what, what it, what's your take on that
0: I mean, the dude face planted and he took 15 to 20 unanswered strikes.
6: Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's pretty. That's what I think, too. But, you know, I could see the other side a little bit, maybe, you know, seeing how the uh, how the Zang fight, uh, the Whaley Zang fight played out and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I agree. Face down. ass. But stuff. I mean, wait, hold on. But was there a knockdown in the Wiley Zang fight? Oh, yeah. It was more cumulative. You know, it was definitely, definitely uh, different. Uh, let me pull up the stats on. There was there was no knockdown in that, right? Um, I don't, yeah, there one, one was knockdown. Knockdown. Yeah, yeah. one knockdown, one knockdown, one knockdown, lamos once, but but
0: it, but it was different because I mean, Lemos, she was trying to retain her guard, she's going for yeah. like submissions off her back, like she's clearly showing that she's still in there. Whereas, like, when Aljo went face first, then eight 15 to 20 on strikes, like, usually when dudes think it's an early stoppage, they get back up, they start arguing with the ref, and Aljo didn't protest, shit man, he was still down, like, um, and, and I think that if they would have let it continue. I mean, he would have went out cold. So it's like you let him take even more unnecessary damage. And it's like, do you want the man stiff on the canvas? Like, it, I thought it was done, man. And I didn't have money on either side. I even picked Aljo to win the fight on the show. I was rooting for O'Malley, but I picked I thought Aljo could take him down and do his thing. Um, But, you know, it, it's I don't think it was early at all. And people calling it fixed, I, I, I think that. <laughs> You know, maybe if they're just joking, haha. Yeah. But like, what's like, what's fixed about you know going uh, face first into the canvas and then eating 15 to 20 unanswered strikes? You know.
6: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I tend to I tend to agree, uh, lean that way too. You know, people are trying to say, you know, he was transitioning to a better position, but you got to defend yourself. You know, you can't keep eating strikes, get, getting your head dribbled off the canvas. So, um, I think you were talking to to Braf. I think his name was about the. uh about the Ian Gary fight, I think the same. I think you nailed it too. I think the same exact thing. I, I think he obviously could have finished him, you know. But I think the the fight week uh, stuff just made him want to want to punish him for 15 straight minutes. So it's as simple as that. A lot of people had you know Gary ITD big and stuff like that, so that can sway some people. But uh, yeah, I 100 percent agree with that too. Ian Gary is a fucking problem. He's, he's a problem. So uh, I'm fascinated to to watch the Dana said he's going to do MSG and in Dublin, so it's only going to get crazier. Uh, crazier and crazier um but yeah bro um yeah i, I i've been watching this shit for a minute I, I try to you know i said the same thing to liam and whenever i'm on you know especially mma pods or whatever the case is capping fights every week is a grind like it's it's tough as hell it's definitely a grind so you know i try to show respect you know whenever i'm uh, you know on a show and and, and with people i respect so same to you, bro. It's, it's a grind. I know it. You know, I'm trying to do it, too, trying to get better every day, trying to learn. So um, I definitely know it's a grind. So, I, you know, respect to you putting in the work and, you know, these shows for the people and stuff like that. I love it. So I'm going to continue to support. And, um, yeah, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you, bro. Uh, you, anything you want to plug? Nah, yeah, my, my Twitter's here. You know, if you, if you want to follow, you know, dropping stuff on there constantly, doing MLB, MLB doing uh, the MMA football is coming soon. So I can't wait for that. But, yeah, just grinding. You know how it is
0: yeah man that's what's up man well i really appreciate that and bro don't be a stranger come down to team octopus in sandy springs because because there's three octopuses so you don't want to go to the wrong location or anything like that so team octopus off roswell road um and if you just want to hit me up and you know find out if i'm going to be there at that certain time and i promise you like, you're not going to get hurt or or no shit like that (laughs) everybody's super cool um and it's one of those things where, like, you don't want to think twice. You just want to, you know, just do it, you know, because yeah. th- you can overthink that shit from now to the rest of your life. But you know, just stepping in there is half the battle. No pun intended, man. That, that's yeah, no, one hundred
6: percent. You'll see me in there. You'll see me in there. So my okay. face. You'll see me in there. And uh, right. yeah, I'm I'm gonna try to up my belts. You know, what I'm saying, get get on y'all level. So uh, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you, bro. Uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch. And uh, yeah, keep doing your thing, bro.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, my man. Well, I appreciate you. You take care, all right? You too, bro. At Finesse the Books. What's up, Ryan? What's
7: up, Dan? How you doing, bro?
0: Doing amazing. How are you doing, man?
7: I'm good, man. Uh, It was a fun night of fights. That that O'Malley fight was something else.
0: Oh, (laughs) it sure was, man. I mean, how'd you react uh, when Aljo went face first into the canvas?
7: I I couldn't believe it. I started texting my my brother, my other brother. I was (laughs) like, holy... Like, man, um, I was curious your thoughts about Chris Lee scoring that, uh, Demond Blackshear fight thirty twenty seven for, Mario Bautista.
0: Oh man, I thought uh, Blackshear won that first round, right? Like, uh, you know, that's that's one of the worst parts about this the sport is the the judging, man. And it's unfortunate when you know these guys work so damn hard, and you don't even know they they. The judges can take things away from you. Like you look last week at that Hakeem Dawodu fight, like for example, right? And even the Chris Wyman fight tonight where I bet on Brad Tavares, right? Um, I was worried that, um, sorry, don't be worried. I muted you. I'll, I'll unmute you when it's your turn to talk just because there was a little background noise. Um but uh, I was worried that, you know, Chris Weidman had like a moment or two where like, you know, he rocked Tavares on the feet and like the whole crowd, anytime Chris would throw something, they'd go crazy. Whereas when Brad did anything, it was, it was cricket. So I was like, don't tell me we're about to have another fucking Hakeem Dawoodu situation. And again, um, you know, if you've been following me, I'm not one to cry robbery, right? Like if, if, I, if like we're, you know, in the middle of a fight that I have a bet on, and I know for a fact my guy's about to lose. I'll just tweet out, "Hey, X amount of units on this guy." I I already know I lost, so I'm never one to cry robbery. Um, and the duadu fight, like I was like legitimately like shocked uh, that he lost. And the distinction is like, well, people are like, well, how could you get mad? It was a close fight. I'm like, yeah, it was close, but it was clear. That that's that's the distinction, Ryan.
7: For sure. That's why that's why my question was more so about the thirty twenty seven because I thought. Like you said, round one was clear Blackshear. Round three, I thought was clear Bautista. Round two was a swing round, right? So,
0: yeah. But listen, man, Blackshear, he doesn't lose any stock. He does, he did what a BMF does, what a bad motherfucker does, which is, you know, you show up last week, you become the third man in UFC history, you get a twister, you know, right after Korean Zombie, right after Bryce Mitchell. And then there's Damon Blackshear and you get your 50k bonus and i'm sure the fact that he wanted to turn around on seven days notice and he didn't ask for a catchway. he will he wasn't trying to fight at 145 he goes in there at 135 i'm sure he had a meeting with the bosses they ripped up his contract and they told him like hey man like here's your new contract and you're on the pay-per-view main card now um i think that his stock went up big time. You know, I think that he gained a lot of fans and tonight's fight, even though it didn't go his way, he put up a hell of a fight. And if you actually, if you look at the stats um, and sometimes the stats don't always tell the whole story, of course, because you got to take it round by round, but he outlanded Mario in, in significance in total strikes and in takedowns. So, but you got to take it round by round because that's how, you know, the scoring system works. So, Um, yeah, it's just one of those things, but I still think his stock goes up and I think Mario Bautista is about to enter the top 15 and I don't think that Damon Blackshear is too far behind him.
7: I completely agree with you. Um, speaking of stock, I know you like to talk about, you know, before the fights, fighter to watch and this and that, who do you think stock, you know, outside of the, the championship fights, who stock rose the most tonight, you think?
0: Outside of the champs? Yeah uh ian gary even though he was a minus 500 favorite um people still doubt this guy for some reason obviously they're not putting their money where their mouth is because i remember when he fought daniel rodriguez people were like oh it's about to be red panty night
7: everyone wants to fade ian gary you're so yeah (laughs) for some
0: reason And, and the thing about it is that's a recurring theme with all these upcoming stars everyone wants to fade sean o'malley everyone wants to fade ian gary back in the day when connor was doing his thing i'm not talking about cokehead juiced up connor i'm talking about connor on the come up like when connor was young and hungry everybody wanted to fade him um and then back to al Jermaine's, you know pre-fight talk oh the ufc's handed him everything and this and that like you're not like acknowledging the guy's skills you're acting you're coming from a place of jealousy you're coming from a place of resentment and that's just not the mindset to have as a fighter or as a better right um you need to actually look at the skills and not get caught up in the hoopla yeah, does Ian Gary say some out-there shit? Sure, but how are his fighting skills? They're pretty fucking on point. And he showed it once again tonight against a guy, Neil Magny, who, I mean, when you look at Magny's resume, guys fight uncharacteristic when they fight him. I mean, Phil Rowe, a bright up-and-coming prospect, didn't fight like himself. Daniel Rodriguez didn't fight like himself. And then you look at some more well-known guys, Max Griffin, Jeff Neal, Robbie Lawler, Li Liang. I can go on. Right. So for, you know, Ian to not even have to go through any adversity at all. I mean, he didn't just double this man up on strikes, man. He tripled him up on strikes. He got takedowns of his own. I think if he wanted to finish him, he could have, I think like, you know, we were talking about, he wanted to torture the guy, um, you know, and, uh, I think Ian does have a mean streak. You know, this is the first time that he's gotten into it with, with an opponent. Um, and you know it didn't make him fight uncharacteristic because sometimes when there's bad blood, guys will be kind of hesitant because like I can't lose to this guy, you know what I mean? Like I hate this guy so much that I can't lose to him, and that didn't stop Ian Gary from doing his thing, man. Ian Gary went out there and he absolutely mopped the floor with Neil Magny, and I think it's bryce guys I think it's top ten next, and uh, I can't wait to see who they match him up with.
7: Yeah, because I mean, like you said, man. Magni makes people fight uncharacteristically. He has that knack for just holding you up against the cage. And Gary avoided that and still got his volume off and, and looked good doing it.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. He yeah. sure did. He sure did. And he, and he approached him the right way, right? He avoided the clinch for the most part. When I dig into the clinch, um, Ian dominated the clinch, but he went to the calf kicks, which is so important when fighting a guy like Neil Magny and he had him hurt with that first calf kick he threw. And I'm pulling up the stats right now because I'm actually curious how many leg strikes he threw. Take a guess. How many calf kicks do you think Ian Gary threw?
7: Yeah. Well, he knocked him down with the first two he threw, I think. Right. Um, If I had to guess, he probably landed about 36 leg kicks
0: close. So, so he attempted 43 leg kicks and he landed 43 leg kicks. So this man had an a hundred percent accuracy on his, uh, calf kicks against, uh, Neil Magny. And then in terms of head strikes, you know, he hit him 32 times there, 16 times to the body. I mean, he just he just destroyed this man. So I can't wait to see what he does next. You know, obviously Bilal's up next for the title. And then the kind of issues that Ian's going to run into is that he trains with most of the top guys. He trains with Shavkat. He trains with Luke. He trains with Gilbert Burns. Kamaru as well. So, so obviously
7: Wonder Boy turned down the short notice. Do you think Wonder Boy would take that fight on a full camp? Uh,
0: but here's the thing he had the full camp for for Pereira, so it's not like uh but he it, cut weight
7: for that already, right? Recently, and then so kind of reset, give him a, a full fresh camp, right?
0: No, no, you're right. You know, he's not he's not a black shear, you know what I'm saying? He's not a
7: BMF, he's not a BMF,
0: but uh I mean, I don't know. I don't know what wonder boy is willing to do at this point. Right. But I think that they're not going to offer him that fight anymore. You had your chance kid. Like, okay, you don't want the Michelle Pereira fight. No problem. Here's Ian Gary a week or two later on, on a pay-per-view main card. How about that featured bout of the evening? Is that better for you? Ian's not going to miss weight. Nope. Apparently not. Give me quarter. Give me a quarter mil for not fighting. So I don't know where wonder boys heads at, but I know that, uh, Ian Gary's headed straight to the top.
7: Completely agree, man. Well, Thank you for giving me the the mic for a bit. That was fun chatting with you, bro. Uh, if there's anyone else in there, I want to give them a chance to, to hop on as well. So,
0: thanks, bro. Please appreciate you, man. You take care, buddy. All right. You too. Mi amigo, mi hermano, Eric. What's hi, up, hi, brother? Bro. How are can you? Hear me? Of course, I can hear you, bro. Okay, what's man. up,
8: dude? I'm I'm still. I was about to go to sleep. I'm like, you know what? Let me just hop in for a second. I'm still psyched. Of, of what happened. It, what an amazing night, dude. I know, guys, I know. like career changing. Now the path changes. Now the divisions wide open again. So many future matchups, big matchups, interesting matchups. I'm excited, dude. I'm yeah. really, really excited.
0: And, and it's amazing. Cause it's kind of like what Izzy was talking about that, Sometimes it's about destiny. Sometimes it's about someone's time. Sometimes someone's not going to be denied no matter what. No matter, oh, his ground game's not on the level of Al Jermaine. Oh, this, oh, that. Conor McGregor doesn't have the wrestling of Chad Mendes. Conor McGregor doesn't have the accolades of Jose Aldo. Uh, Israel Adesanya hasn't done what Robert Whitaker has done. All these things. Sometimes these guys just rise to the occasion. Biz being a fucking plus 750 underdog against Luke Rockold. Like exactly. a certain time, certain nights, guys just aren't going to be denied. And whether you believe in destiny or fate or whatever the case may be, uh, tonight was Sugar's night. He stuffed the takedowns uh, and he face planted Aljamain Sterling, yeah. landed 15 to 20 unanswered strikes, and he's your new undisputed UFC Bantamweight champion
8: it's not the tools you have is how to use them right there can be many times where we're going to analyze a fighter and be like oh yeah he has way more tools to win this fight yeah but will he get the chance to use them sugar sean amali knew what was going to happen he knew what the plan was for al Sterling. he prepared for it he just needed to stop the takedowns keep the fight on the feet and eventually there was a high chance that he was going to find either a right or left hand that would have the opportunity to finish the fight and what a beautiful counter right to like step back boom same way connor did it to aldo and, and like it's amazing i have all the respect in the world for aldo and the way he handled that post-fight interview when he said um i gotta reassess myself if sean O'Malley was able to do this to me imagine what okonowski can do to me like
5: Fact. it takes
8: a lot of guts it takes a lot of like self-awareness to be able to in a moment like that you're very vulnerable you were the champion minutes ago now you're no longer the champion and you're able to make those assessment my my respect for ultra has grown tremendously he, he's always had my respect i was never in the band of like people that hated him because of the way he won the title but now that he spoke after and the way he handled himself it's amazing even sean O'Malley said it dude you could tell he was nervous the first two minutes of that fight he was like shaky. He didn't feel loose. You can tell he wasn't in that rhythm. And then as time went by, he started getting into the rhythm. Flashy. Dope, dope. And at the end of the day, you know what surprised me a lot, Dan? There was a moment where he threw, I think it was a front kick, and he fell down. He slipped and fell. And Alger tried to capitalize. And even then, he was unable to take him down. That's how well prepared he was for those takedowns. And after that happened, I mean... I'm not sure what Aljo thought about it at the second, but that was, that's when I started realizing. I was like, oh, my God, like, O'Malley might be able to keep this on the feet. And if he does, it's five rounds. There's going to be a chance at one point because Aljo is known for being a little bit reckless at times. But, dude, that, it was perfect timing. Perfect timing, perfect way of doing it. And I'm not trying to, like, you know, I'm Hispanic. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm not trying to, like, bandwagon under Hispanic. But want it or not, deserve it or not. It might be Chito next. USC is already promoting it. That's gonna be a hell of a fight, for like promotion wise. I can tell you the our perception as Hispanic, it's gonna be major for all Latin Americans, dude. There's gonna of be course. crazy numbers in that fight. Crazy numbers.
5: It's
0: a massive fight, and bro, this ain't about being biased or any shit like that. I mean, I've already talked about it already. Corey Sandhagen injured with a, trice- a torn tricep. Yeah. Umar Nurmagomedov pulled out the Corey Sandhagen fight with an injury. Marab Dualishwili just had a surgery. So who's left? Perfect. Chito, Chito. Perfect time. And guess what? Who's the only man to beat O'Malley? Cheeto. And so plus, perfect. the way that these two are going to build up this fight. Hell yeah. I mean, this is going to be yeah. one of the biggest fights of next year. Yeah. Unless they do it in December or something. They're,
8: they're talking December, which will be wild, but I'm all for it. I'm all for it. If he's willing, I mean, Chito's not too banged up. O'Malley's not too banged up. They can definitely do it towards the end of the year. Um, Chito, um, O'Malley said um, Vegas. I'm not sure if that's still a possibility, but holy shit. That's going to be a fun build up. Crazy build up.
0: 100%. And what do you think about uh, Marlon's performance tonight? I was very impressed, and I'll tell you why. Because a lot of people actually thought uh, Munoz might have got it, but I completely disagree. I thought that Munoz might have, you know, they say that he attempted more strikes but actually when you look at the numbers not only did he not attempt more strikes he got outlanded on actual strikes uh, landed and and i think that you know one thing i've always said about marlon is that he's going to be a lot better when he gets into these five round fights because he's got that tendency to kind of take that first round off kind of like peter yan style kind of make his reads and you know kind of see where his openings are at and then he's a killer from there but i thought that he was establishing his jab he does really well against shorter fighters And I thought he clearly won the fight. And to bounce back from that last one, because that fight against Sanhagen, like not only was it a demoralizing loss, but it it was almost like Marlon got exposed in every area of the game. And it was kind of like a crossroads type fight where it's like, okay, this is the fight where it's like, You're either this is a make or break fight. What happened to him against Corey Sanhagen? Like you're either gonna take that loss as badly as, you know, as we viewed it, because we viewed it like all his stock completely dropped. And this guy picks himself back up. And and let me tell you something, because when you look at the numbers in, in the in the Sanhagen fight, right? He landed 58 significant strikes. Okay. So now let's put that in context with the Pedro Munoz fight. He landed uh basically as many strikes as he uh, in round three of the Pedro Munoz fight as he did in the entire five rounds of the Corey Sanhagen fight. So if that doesn't get your confidence back up to let you know, hey, it it, it was just an off night, there are some things I need to work on because Marlon was coming off a big finish streak. Maybe his head was getting a little bit big. He He was getting some big sponsorships. He was going on Joe Rogan, like everybody's kissing his ass. Talk, he's got the most finishes in bantamweight history. People were talking like, "Hey, this is the next title challenger." Yeah, and, and, and that's not to take away from Sanhagen, who you know is also on a mission as well. But right. I think that this was important for Marlon to know that, hey, I still am that guy. I still am capable, and I can still make those improvements and go out there, earn myself a title shot. And Eric now he did it and he's going to face a guy that he once beat and it's going to be one of the biggest pay-per-views of either this year or next year
8: yeah i completely agree um what did i think about the fight could have could have he done better yeah but dude he was fighting pedro munoz pedro munoz is never an easy opponent specifically in this position pedro was getting a, a number six while he was number 10 he was given the opportunity to climb the ranks that was an opportunity he was going to try to capitalize on. Um, he definitely tried. One thing I appreciated from Munoz was the volume. He was trying to keep up whenever Marlon connected. You, it was very obvious that Marlon had the um, the power behind those punches. Every time Marlon connected, you could clearly see he was having an effect on Munoz. And Munoz was quick to like retaliate. Two, three combinations. But yeah, Chito closed like a champion. It was a great victory, just like you said. And there's there's a lot of questions around Chito. Hispanic people love Chito Vera. Um, I have a perception that I can see both ways, right? I can see the good and I can see the bad. Yeah, Chito's a late starter. He always shines in those five-round fights. It, as If you give him more time, that's when he starts becoming very destructive. And we, we saw it today in the third round. It was a very, very – he put on a beating on that third round on Pedro Muñoz. No, but the first two rounds, they were a little bit closer, right? Muñoz did have his moments – but just like you said, dude, the, 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 the planets align in such a way. O'Malley upsets. Chito gets a victory. Everyone else is injured. There's a clear pathway for a great rematch, great storyline, is the only person to ever defeat um, Sean O'Malley in a way that was a little bit finicky, right? Not all the questions were answers. We're not 100% sure that Chito is 100% better than Sean O'Malley. And this version of Sean O'Malley is completely different. Talking about a Sean O'Malley that comes from beating two former champions, Peter Yan and now Alderman Sterling. People can say whatever they want about the Yan victory. Was it close, Was it controversial? Yes, it's still a win. And with time, people forget. Something this sport has taught me in the time that I've been following is with time, people forget. People do not care as much about closed decisions. As long as in the next fight, you get the job done. Sean O'Malley just got the job done. That, that controversial decision around Peter Yan... People are not going to hold her over his head for a long time. So I'm very, very interested. I like the performance from Chito. Um, Dude, this dude has a chin. We don't talk about the chin Chito has. Like Pedro Munoz was landing right hands. Right hands that put out Cody Garbrandt that has knocked out a lot of people. Chito took it like a champ. It's like, oh, that's all you got? All right, cool. Check this out. Crazy jab. I'm loving the jab Cheeto has implemented in his last couple of fights. Very destructive, has a great fight, a great way of like disrupting his opponent's offense. But yeah, man, it was a great performance overall. He got the win that he needed, and we're in for a treat with this buildup, dude. I'm going to have so much fun creating content for this fight.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, Marlon, Chito Vera, and Pedro Munoz, they both, ha- they both have 30 professional fights. Neither guy's been knocked down, and neither guy's been knocked out. Neither guy's been submitted. Neither guy's been finished. So these are two of the most durable guys in the history yeah. of the sport. And it's going to be a sad day when either of them gets finished. I always talk yeah. about it because they do take a lot of damage. Yeah. When we talk about chin, heart, balls, and finishing instinct, you talk about Marlon Chito Vera and Pedro yeah. Munoz, you know? So to put them in there, man, and imagine if that was a five-round fight. It could, it could have been one of the best fights of the year. So, yeah. you know, it was great to see, but I did think that Chito Vera clearly won the fight. I know it was close, but... Did, it, you, did, you,
8: did you agree with 30-27? That kind well, of put me off.
0: No, maybe not 30-27, but I thought the yeah. right guy won the fight, you know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. Again, I was talking to someone about it earlier. Like, a fight can be... Close, but it can still be clear, right? Oh yeah, and that's kind of how I viewed that. Like if Pedro got his arm raised, I, I bet you Cheeto would have been like, like what? Like, like let's saw this song. You yeah, he seemed right? pretty
8: confident when, when the decision was a was being read. Cheeto seemed very confident that he had this fight, and I was just, was still a bit hesitant. i was like, it was a close fight. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised with what I saw then later on with Mario bautista and, and Damon, right? Like judges were a little bit iffy in some scorecards, and when I Thirty twenty seven. I was like, oh, uh. and then the one for Cheeto. I am like, okay, I'm, I'm not upset about the result. I think Cheeto could have pulled it off. I think Cheeto pulled it off. But thirty twenty seven. I was like, ah, uh, uh. but it's okay. The right guy won. We got the storyline. Perfect setup.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So before we get out of here, a couple people I got to give shout outs to. I thought that, firstly, Gregory uh, Hobo Cop. He did exactly what he needed to do. Like, dude, like, listen, we get it. You you got power in both hands. You can bang with the best of them. But when you have such an advantage on the mat, I mean, look, one takedown and the fight was over shortly after. I mean, lands three strikes, knocks him out right away, two vicious elbows, and that's all she wrote. So it's good to see him do what he need to do because you know he's he's a killer be killed guy and sometimes he's gonna get those brutal knockouts like he did to julian marquez like he yeah. did the the iron Turtle young young park that war he had with chitty and Jaquani. but from time to time you know, when you fight with that life and death, you know, style, that stand and bang until one man falls, you are gonna get knocked out like he did against Bruno Ferreira, like he did against Jordan sure. Williams. So it's good that because Dennis Jaluan, look, I know he's Russian, but for a Russian, he's not known for you know having the best grappling ability, but he is a banger. And if Gregory would have banged with him, I'm not saying that Gregory wouldn't have won, but I'm just saying, why even give that guy a chance to why win fight? Exactly. 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 So I was happy to see that. And then also um, I was really happy to see both uh, the Silvas show out. Natalia Silva, I think that she's got a very high ceiling. I think that she – and, and you know, it's funny. She's a lot younger than I thought she was. Not that she looks old, but for some yeah. reason, I thought that she was, like, in her, like, 30s and, like, in her prime. Dude, she's 26 years old. She's a kid, yeah. and she's going out here and styling
8: people. Andrea she's, Lee is a really great fighter, and she she put her on. That's when I was watching that fight. I'm like, I'm a big Andrea Lee fan. And then as I was watching the fight, I'm like, okay, we got a, we got a nice prospect in us in our hands right now. This this girl is gonna go far. The the pace, the diver the, the diversity in her striking. I'm like, oh, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Things are getting interesting, dude. I think we're living a very good moment for the sport and a transition. I'm a very big believer that every certain amount of years, there's a big transition where you start seeing new faces a new level of right? all these people they're not the gsps of the life they grew up doing mma all around and when they get to the professional on the ufc level they have such a well-rounded game such an understanding of absolutely everything that we're not used to seeing such high level so early in a career we're used to seeing them develop little by little but as time goes by we're getting these silvas that when you see them for the first time you just like holy shit, this this is impressive
0: Absolutely. She's athletic. She's well-rounded. I mean, her striking, not just the speed, the footwork, the kicks, the in-and-out. Her takedown defense is on point. Her get-up game is there. She's, I believe, a black belt in jujitsu as well. So you just love to see it. And then speaking of which, Karini Silva. I mean, Karini Silva really stands out. Let me pull up her stats real real quick because – this is this is really important to note because this is something you you don't see every day in the women's division. So check this out. Karini Silva has 17 wins. Let me ask you something. Out of those 17 wins, how many of them do you think are decision wins? I
8: don't know. I'll take, take a guess. wild guess and say 4 or 5.
0: 4 or 5? Final answer? Yeah. 0 decision wins. Karini Silva has finished all 17 of her that's wins wild. and we're, we're talking about the women's flyweight division this is unheard of eric normally yeah. and and, and I, I got nothing wrong you know and nothing against people winning my decision that's a perfectly acceptable yeah. method of winning a fight i mean everybody yeah. knows that i mean
8: who who cares
0: if it wins Not everybody
8: all. gets finished you could have fought a so Pedro. you could have fought a pedro muñoz or a chito Vera. you know what i'm saying
0: yeah exactly and, and let's take it a step further in She's had 21 professional fights. Out of those 21 professional fights, how many of them do you think have gone to decision? Maybe two. One
8: that's crazy. So that's that's what people want to see, right? People love finishes. Let's see people getting behind them.
0: So when you see someone that's that potent of a finisher in the women's divisions, and we're talking about she's a specialist. A guillotine choke on the contender series, and it's it's you know some some people would be like, oh, she got a guillotine. What's the big deal? But then the next fight, UFC debut, a Darce choke. Then she gets a Z lock, which is like a knee bar slash heel hook. Which I'm a purple belt in jujitsu, and I had never even heard of that move before. Then tonight, another guillotine. And Marina Morose is someone who's had how many pro fights does Marina Morose have? Let's pull it up. Marina Morose has season six. Has 16 pro fights. Let me ask you back to trivia: How many times prior to tonight do you think Marina uh, Morose had been finished?
8: None, zero.
0: That's so, crazy. and we're talking that's about someone. Go. We're talking about someone in in Marina Moreau that's been in there with Mayra Bueno Silva, who's a very potent finisher, a very yeah. dangerous fighter. Been in there with some of the who's who, and. Karini Silva drops her and chokes her out in the first round. And I heard people talking about how how could you tap with one second left? And listen, I'm not a fighter, but I am a grappler. And I'm also in a aficionado for the guillotine. When you get caught in one of those things and it's fully locked in, look, there's some guillotines where you know there's a little bit of wiggle room. Maybe you can turn your neck a certain way, you can stick your thumb in, you can do all these things and give yourself a little bit of space to breathe. But when that shit is fully locked in, you're not thinking about how much time is left on the clock. You're thinking yeah. my neck's about to break, my head's about to pop off. I'm about to fucking die. So Dude, that's some why people she-
8: got a grip. Some people a got a grip. Weapon. There's people that, that can like submit you without it having the full choke on, you know? That's how you know they have a grip, and we don't know. Unless you've been in that position, unless you're in that position, we're never in a place to judge someone that taps. It doesn't matter how long. Because like you said, it's not like we're here in the cage looking at the clock constantly. Yeah, from time to time, we'll see fighters take a peep, but when she's tapping with that amount of time left, you, can, you know 100% she was not aware of how long she had.
0: And another example. Do you remember when Magomed and have tapped with one second left against Paul Craig to that triangle? And people are giving him shit. And I might have been at the time, but I, you know, now that you know I've advanced in my grappling, and when you're in a fully locked-in triangle, you're not thinking about how much time's left. You're thinking about my eyes out. are about to pop out my fucking yeah. head, and I'm about to die. And that's why. What is have a pussy or something? Hell no. This guy's a Russian stone cold killer so jujitsu when it's i mean when these submissions are fully locked in man like it doesn't I've matter. always
8: my recommendation and my followers constantly is that it's like before we talk everybody can talk just roll go have a roll just for once in your lifetime experience what it is to be choked out that way it will change your whole perspective on what these athletes go to, go through like, oh yeah, we're, oh my God, he should have, he should have held it. It's like, dude, you literally feel like your head's about to detach from your body. Yeah. Like the pressure that builds up, like will make people go crazy. And it's like, I will never sit and judge someone for tap. It doesn't matter how long, if it was sink thin and they should tap. Yeah. We will respect if you don't, cause we know what you're going through, but unless you've experienced it, there is, uh, uh-uh. uh. Hell, dude, nah. dude,
0: it's it's funny because I, the other night I was thinking about how like, bro, I can't be guillotine Like I know how to escape guillotines and do all these things. Right. And then I was rolling with a uh, Yemi Oduali. He's, uh, he's, he, I think he's fighting like LFA or CES now. And he got me in this guillotine. And bro, when I tell you that it was instant and so tight, you, you don't have a chance to think. You you're not you don't have a chance to like look at your watch or look at the clock or hey.
8: The
6: how,
0: how can I escape this like, position? No, no, bro. It's either it's either I tap or Wait. like I could get or it feels like you're gonna get paralyzed or you're gonna die. Like it's just, it's different when it's fully locked in. Like I said, if there's some wiggle room and it's not fully yeah. locked in, okay, that's one thing. But once that shit is locked in, like locked in, locked in, and there's no room to go, um, that's a death sentence. It's like a fully locked in arm bar. It's like either you tap or your arm snaps. Uh, and that's the bottom line. And unless you know, you're
8: Cody, you're bo- your boy, your <laughs> boy.
0: You know, and I think that the thing with that, and I don't want to discredit that situation at all, because that was absolutely insane. And he had to pull out his next f- his fight as a result. His doctor refused to clear him. But, like, man, if Jake Hadley... I'm just trying to figure out how Jake Hadley didn't snap his arm. Well, I don't know if it was a technique thing. I don't know. Because some dudes have, like, rubber arms or are, like, double-jointed. So it's kind of, like, an a, a interesting situation. Like, I don't yeah. know if it was one of those cases. But, like, usually when you're in an arm bar for that long, like... Like in a real situation, a live situation, where it's
8: not your training yeah. partner, like that shit should snap in half. Like, yeah, and I was surprised he was able to use it afterwards. That's the most amazing thing. I'm just like, okay, yeah, he's not. I'm just like, he's not gonna use that arm for the rest of the fight. Like, no. Then he is like a couple seconds later throwing that. I'm just like, what is wrong with this dude? <laughs> what dog. is he made of? Yeah, the only guys I've
0: seen like that are him and Jamal Hill. You know, when uh, Paul Craig broke his arm, Jamal starts trying to hit it. He tries to hit him with that broken arm, you know. He's the only guy that got caught in a Paul Craig submission and didn't tap. And what's yeah. funny is when you look at Paul Craig's record, they count it as a TKO, not, not a submission. Because, uh, a he Paul didn't Craig submit never tapped. Yeah, you never tapped, so yeah, it's, it's interesting how it works. So, before I get yeah. you out of here, man, any uh closing thoughts? I mean, we talked about Carini, we talked about Natalia, about Hobo Cop, we talked about Brad Tavares, Marlon, and Pedro, Ian Gary, the main event. Um, I mean, oh, yeah, let's let's talk about uh, Zhong Wiley because, man, let me say this. I'm so happy she won because now we get to see the China versus China super fight with Yan Nan.
8: We need that fight. Please yeah. make it happen.
0: I need Please that fight in my life. I mean, bro, like long-time listeners of the show know I've bet on Yan Nan. Every single UFC she- fight she's had, we're 8-2, and two, and it's finally time to get that title shot, and that's going to be a massive fight. Could you imagine if they did... It's probably not going to be like this, but could you imagine that it did Marlon versus Chito and Xiao Nan versus uh, versus uh, Wei Li on the same card?
8: It'd be kind of cool. It'd be kind of cool. Um, I'm very excited for that fight. I I said it with all due respect. There are levels, and Amanda Lemos had never faced anyone in this level. When we talk about MMA, uh, female MMA, right? We're talking about one of the participants of the most exciting fight we have ever seen. And this girl keeps... Um, growing, keeps learning. She is extremely humble. That's, that little stint she had with Henry Sahula helped her incredibly. Not only is she a great grappler now, she's active. She's constantly transitioning. She's looking for the finish. If not, she's looking for that ground and pound. And it was a very good fight. Biggest striking differential in a women's fight in general, 288 versus 21. I mean, that's that that tells you what you need to know about Zhang Wei Li, like you said, Yang Shanan has evolved so much in recent years. She's become a very interesting fighter. Her physicality as well. That's what makes this fight very interesting. And I hope the UFC gets it done because we know that sometimes popularity will allow you to cut the line. We know we have Tatiana Suarez right there knocking on the door. And and we're used to the UFC doing some weird things in order to for boost popularity or, or make what, Make sense for the business and not for the rankings but yeah man i really i really hope we get to see that fight that's that's a fight that we need to see eventually and it's the best time for it to happen right there's a lot of like um people that are not 100 percent sure if they're in and out in this division young shannon was there i'm I was surprised to see her there present i love the fact that she traveled i'm a big fan of when challengers do that they show presence they, they follow um the champion, and they show the interest that they, they have in, in getting that title shot. But going back to the fight, dude, it was like one-way traffic, one-way traffic. Amanda Lemos, yeah, she, she landed a couple right hands that made us, like, French for a couple seconds, like, oh, my God, she would have get her. But other than that, it was one-way traffic. Jean-Louis is amazing. She keeps evolving, and, dude, it's an exciting division. I love watching this division.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. If they can't do it, the you know Cheeto and uh Sean on the same card as Wai Li and uh and Zhao Nan, man it'd be so cool to see Zhao Nan and uh Wei Li headline in China. I don't know if that's a deal they
8: can get done, but if they could do that that's my re- major thing. Make it happen over there. Give them yeah. their their respect. Allow them to enjoy their own fans. You know, Zhang Li puts a lot of effort into like learning English, at least saying hi. Oh that goes a long, with- a long way. That goes a long way. Oh, yeah, dude. I appreciate her so much for putting that effort. She's constantly trying dude let let her get their, her flowers at home. let her get yeah. her flowers at home against another um, both of them yeah. that'd be amazing, dude that'd yeah, be
0: a and, and you you talk about you know the improvements way made. I mean you know how you know a year ago she's getting out grappled by Rose Nama Yunus. then she turns around and now she can you know take down and submit someone like Carla Esparza. Those are the kind of improvements you like to see, and on the other side, with Jan Nan, you know, from her getting dominantly beaten by Carla Esparza to all of a sudden she can survive the worst positions against Mackenzie Dern, she can one punch knockout Jessica Andrage. That is the fight to make. So, sure. yeah, I, I, I can't wait for it, man. So, yeah, we're gonna have to wrap this thing up now. I really appreciate it. Let the fans know where they can follow you and all your great content. I love the background, man. I love that perp, man. It looks good. Thank you,
8: man. Yeah, it just, it just like the contrast is good for the black. Um, if you by any chance are Spanish speaking, um, I have a YouTube channel. It's called Liga Combate. I'm posting live. Um, I'm doing live streams. I'm doing video analysis. I'm also doing shorts lately. That's done pretty good numbers. So I'm hopping into that as well. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me as Eric Um, all my, sp- all my content is in Spanish, but I am fluent in English. So if y'all will want to have a conversation just let me know i'm always down
0: yes sir it was good meeting you at the pfl events and then also man um if you want to clip any of the things you said from our talk Feel free to do it. Just give them a yeah. link to this video and you're more than welcome to do that. And man, let's do, let's do this again soon. It's good to sure, finally talk down. to you. I'm on always in.
8: down. I'm always down. The good thing about this, my setup is always up. When you, I was I was literally shirtless eating pizza on my couch when you said, hey, hop on. I'm just like, you know what? Let me just hop on. Turn everything on. So I'm always down. Just let me know. And yeah, man, I'll do this again anytime. All right, brother.
0: Good, good seeing you, man. Come by the gym
8: sometime. Hey, I'm planning to. I'm planning to. That will happen
0: soon. I bet. All right, my man. You take care. All right my boy eric cool ass dude i actually hung out with him at the pfl atl event so man thank you all so much for joining me on this special after the battle edition of half the battle smash that like button for me when this is over leave me a comment if you're so inclined uh feel free to share and then shout out to all the guests i had on here i didn't expect that many people to come in here i want to hang out and talk and it was an absolute pleasure uh and then cheers to sean O'Malley, to Zhang Wiley, I got to say it right because I people are giving me heat. Uh, Jean Weili. All right. Now I said it right. Ian Gary, Bautista and Blackshear, Vera and Munoz, Brad Tavares and Chris Weidman, Gregory Hobocop, Kurt Holobo, Katona and Gibson, Petroski and Mirshar, Natalia Silva and Karini Silva. Y'all went out there. Y'all showed up. Y'all showed out. And uh, we're blessed. So. I'll be back next week to talk about the Singapore card. Already got two bets on it. If you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks, y'all know what they are. And uh, then we got a technique of the week coming uh, next week. Let me know what y'all want to see. Is it that Carini Silva guillotine? Because y'all know I love my guillotine. So if that's what it is, just let me know. And until the next time, let's catch these bets!